you know, you won't get likes immediately. And sometimes you'll put out great content and you go, holy crap, why, everybody should like this. I should be, you know, I should be put up on a pedestal and you'll get one like, <laughs> but you just have to keep doing it. But then people will, people come up to you and say, I've been seeing your posts. They're awesome. I said, why don't you like them? You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hey, how you doing? Adam here, and I wanted to quickly let you know about a brand new 15-minute video training where I show you how to get 5, 10, 15, 25 or more predictable sales appointments every month in just 30 minutes a day, and how you can do all of that without cold calling, networking, relying on referrals, or any of that kind of stuff. Now, I've added that to the podcast gift page, which you can find at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. That's thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift and you'll also see all of the other resources and gifts that I've created on that page as well so hope you go and check that out and uh, and enjoy what you find so until you do that let's get back to the show welcome to the client catching podcast now let me ask you what if you could discover new clients and leads in places that you never thought to look or what if you were sitting on a literal gold mine of potential clients and revenue but you just couldn't see it And what difference would it make to your business if somebody could simply show you the best place to dig up that gold? Well, that's exactly what my guest today is going to do. See, he believes that everyone you meet is a possible new client or will lead you to somebody who will be. Now, as a founder of Benson Design, which is an agency that specializes in message-driven marketing and design, over the last 35 years, today's guest has helped thousands of businesses increase their success by attracting new leads and turning them into clients. Now, in fact, his strategies have helped one of his clients grow from zero to 89 million in just uh, eight years. Now, that is not a a, a mistake. That is 89 million. And and it was sold. And and there's all sorts of things that we're going to get into about that. And today he's here to discuss the very system he uses to help his clients get these kind of results. So I'm sure you're fed up of hearing of me. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome my guest today on the Client Catching Podcast, Roland Benson. Roland, how are you doing? Doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. No, you're welcome. And um, yeah, we're, uh, we're a, a pair of fellow marketers. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a marketing dink. We've just been discussing how our, uh, how, how our lockdown hair is, uh, yeah, getting the better of both of us. But, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, we're we're sort of uh, more here to talk about the uh, you know what uh, what people can be doing, I guess, and uh, you know during these particular times, and really how the way that you go about marketing is is a little bit different. So why don't you give us a sort of overview of of how you see marketing and what that kind of does to get the kind of results that I've just uh, introduced there? Sure. So a big part of his mindset. I know people hear that and they get tired of hearing it, but when I started a thing called Quick Win Wednesday 12 weeks ago, and what I was surprised, we had some big hitters in the meeting. I mean, we're talking multi-million dollar companies and they had bad mindsets. They were worried about what COVID was doing. 
you know, what was going to do to their employees, how they had to lay them off, what they were going to do. So I taught a lesson last week about the Frankenstein and the, uh, and the Edison, I'm not Edison, uh, Einstein brain. And so how the Frankenstein brain always says, what if, what if, because the Einstein brain comes up with these ideas. I know everybody's had those great ideas. You say, I can't wait to get the office to do it. By the time you wake up, the Frankenstein brain's taken over and say, well, what if you go broke? What if no one buys it? What if no one comes and hear podcasts? What no one does anything? And that's what really messes a lot of companies up because they let that run them and then they limit what the growth that they can have. So with the company that I worked with, with the 89 million. So this man was, uh, he was a vice president of a big grocery store chain here and he was over a pharmacy. And then he came up with this great idea. He went to the company and he said, I have this great idea on how to deliver pharmacy and, and drugs and stuff cheaper. And they said, that's great. It doesn't really work in our wheelhouse. It's not in our system. I mean, this is a massive store. And they said, uh, but if you want to go out and do it, we'll support you any way we can. I mean, they're a great company that way. They really take care of their employees. So he left and went on his own and I met him. He was had one employee in a little tiny office building and they just scratched a hole in the mirror glass so they could see out of that there was their security. And he had me come over and I said, he said, Roland, tell me what I'm doing wrong. I can't get anybody to buy from me. They think I'm too small. They think I can't deliver. And I said, Greg, I said, um, pull out everything that you have, all your marketing material. So he laid it all out. He was very proud of it, but it was horrible. And I said, Greg, the reason you're not doing well is because your uh, stuff looks like crap. And he goes, what? He says, look, this, and he tried to explain it to me. I said, it just looks terrible. He said, no, it's got to be my operations. Come back and look at my operations. So we went through his whole operations. I said, no, it's how you look. And he said, well, I don't believe that. And I said, when's your next meeting? He said, I have a meeting in two weeks. I'm going to present and I'll get 35,000 lives. Uh, and that'll break me even. And I said, let me do the design for it. Let me do the presentation. I'll give it to you. And if you sell it, then you pay me. If you don't, don't pay me. He said, well, I can't lose. He calls me from the airport and he said, they never asked how big we are. They never asked that we couldn't handle it. They just said, when can we start? And he said, now hurry up and get my stuff done. So he sat down with me and said, here's my goal. I want to sell the company in eight years for $18 million. And he said, every decision you make for me, everything you make for me, I have to make $18 million. I'm not giving it to my kids. I'm not going to do a legacy. I'm not doing anything. It's all going to sell for 18 million. So every time we meet once a week, Roland, here's, what's your idea? Here's what my idea is. Will it sell me sell for 18 million? Yes. Okay. 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 Then in eight years, he sold, didn't sell for 18 million, sold for 89 million. And the reason that was is because we were so focused and he was focused on his goals. So many times I work with a client. What do you want to do? I want to get more clients. How many? I don't know. As many as I can get. So if I can get you 10,000 clients, oh, no, I can't do 10,000. I said, well, can you do five? Oh, I can't do five. I just need four good clients. I said, well, why don't we work on that? Because so, so many people don't have that goal and that focus. And so that's what we did with him is just really worked on that focus. And now he owns a, a 3,000 acre ranch and he just hunts all the time and lives life great. So. Well, that's not a bad life, but um, I, th I think what's interesting about that is is none of that happens without the fundamentals and the basics. And it's so true in that a lot of people will search out maybe help or advice or, or, or sort of try and figure out this marketing thing for themselves. And they'll go out and they'll Google how to find clients, how to do this, how to, you know, fix my SEO, how to whatever, whereas that's just a very small piece. Whereas the thing that you need to do at the very, very beginning is actually set that target. Because as, as I've said a number of times, I think on the podcast, it's like you only need three things to get to a destination. You need to know where you are now, where you're going, 
and then you can figure out the route to get there. And it's the same with business. And it's like, right, if I want to sell for X amount in, in, in 5, 10, 15 years, that's my goal. So what do I need to do and what are the road markers along the way in order to make sure that I'm on the right track? So not a lot of people necessarily think about it in that way. And I, I think that's because it's it's the harder stuff or it's the less sexy stuff and it doesn't feel like you're necessarily doing anything. But without it, you can go in a million different directions. Is, is that something that you found a lot of the, with the people that you've worked with? Oh, yeah, exactly. And I haven't worked with more right, more rightly, maybe. Exactly. And like we're just we started working with a company that just turned 85 years old. And w- when we met with them, uh, I guess we've been working with them 15 years now. They had no website. They had no logo. They didn't have anything. They didn't have a direction. We sat down with the owner. And he was the second generation and his kids were just graduated from college and they were coming in the third generation. I said, what's your goal? He said, you know, no one's ever asked me that. And I said, he said, my goal is to have our business last for 150 years. I want this to be my great, great grandkids legacy. And I said, wow. I said, so then here's what we need to do. And he's been all in and he's now he's doubled in size because he figured I can't I can't have all my kids come in. I can't have all my grandkids come in. If I have this, if I have, he had a large business, but if I have this business, I can't support them all. So I have to double, triple, quadruple in order for all those guys to have positions in my company. So it just like opened his eyes and he went, oh man, now that I have this goal, every decision he makes is how am I going to support my, how are my great grandkids going to work here? So it just changes, yeah. it changes everything. And that's that destination. I mean, you got to have, and people are afraid sometimes. Well, what if it's not big enough? What if it's too big? Just set it and then go for it. And you're going to find out, you know, you're exactly. going to, and if you it's know, too big, you can always stars, come back. And if you hit them, yeah, yeah. Aim for the stars. If you hit the moon, then, you know, you still got to the moon. It's, exactly. it's not like it's, it's something that is going to be fixed. I mean, especially when you're doing a much longer term goal, it's, it's more of a guiding direction rather than it you know than a, than a specific because you're effectively going exploring because you're going into uncharted waters you are you know fix, fixing a point where you think this is where i'm going to get to but there's going to be things that happen along the way and do you find though that um a number of people when when you ask that question what's your goal what's your objective they don't know or they struggle to answer it in a way that actually is then usable in order to create a plan to get to yeah, so I think by putting it in their mind and getting them to start to think and asking them each week, they start, most of them start thinking a different way than they've ever thought before. It's like when you buy a, or like I want a Jeep Gladiator. So that's my next car. I love cars. I love four-wheel drives. I I have a big truck in the parking lot that's got the massive tires, you know, and the train horn and all that kind of stuff. But and then when I first looked at it, I said, man, I don't even think there's any on the road. And then all of a sudden I started seeing them everywhere because they now they were noticeable to me. It's just like a, there's a little car I want. It's a two-seater, three-wheel car. And I said, I don't even think there's any for sale. And now I see them on Craigslist and stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I really do with them. I said, start thinking of what you want. And when you exit this, because a lot of them think they have forever. And, you know, some of my clients are in their 60s. And I said, you know, how long do you want to work? Well, I'm only going to work another five years. I said, well, when we got to get a plan together five years, how are you going to exit this business? Are your kids taking it over? Are you selling it? Are your employees taking it over? And they go, I, you know, I haven't really thought about that. So I said, now's the time to think because you can't think the day off because then you'll be, you know, you'll be left holding the bag. Mm. So it's really just starting to think and starting to think more yeah. you think about it, the more you're going to, everything will show up. Absolutely. And I think, um, 
you know, we, we, we were having a chat just before we hit record and, and you mentioned that one of your clients has been with you for 25 years. And that, I guess, is is testament to that kind of long term thinking and, and not sort of coming in as a as a Band-Aid solution right now. It's more, well, let's actually look much, much further ahead and look at where you want to get to and actually sort of work on a continual basis to actually get there. And, and I guess being in this industry for, uh, yeah, well, over 16 years, probably over 17 now, a lot of people come in wanting that quick fix. Yeah. Whereas the quick fix, it's, it's, it's a myth. Like you might be able to stick a Band-Aid on something, but it, it will rip and it will rupture at some point. But it's all about that, right, where are, you, where are we trying to get to and what little consistent steps can we get, you know, can we put in place and which tactics can we use in order to start moving us towards that? Whereas, unfortunately, there is no click the fingers, wave magic wand. Um, you know, you're going to get everything that you want really, really quickly. So um, Exactly. And I think a yeah, lot of people and- don't really focus on the clients they have. You know, that's what we have done over the years. It's easier to keep a client than to get a new one. So, um, you know, you'll you'll be sometimes people will be so focused on that new client, their old clients kind of disappear. And then they go, well, you don't have the service you used to have. I didn't get taken care of. I called you. No one returned my call. And it's easier to keep a client for 25 years than it is to get a new one every every week or so. You know, it's really hard to get a new client because you the biggest thing, once you build a trust with someone, they're not going to shop you to death. They're not going to question your designs. They're just going to say, Roland, will you take care of that? They don't even ask for a budget anymore. A lot of our clients that say, can you do that? And then we get a bill and we're fair with them and we take care of them. So, hmm. and, and I know what you sort of look at is, is you talk about the, the right clients rather than just more clients. Right. Do you want to sort of Bring that to life. Oh yeah. A little bit. So I, I I'm big on fi- not. I don't fire a lot of clients, but if a client is just not fitting and they're and they're they don't pay their bill, they uh, are always questioning everything that you do. They push you around. You got to get rid of them. Uh, I remember when we first started. My story is a long one, but uh, when we first got started, we were making zero money. We had a brand new baby at home, living in an efficiency apartment. We finally landed a client that was. This I thought was great. I was doing illustrations for him for children's books, and that. But the husband and wife would fight like cats and dogs every time I'm over there. It was an hour and a half meeting because they were just fighting. I mean, like viciously fighting with me sitting in the middle of it. I'd come home and I was all pissed off. My wife says, "Get rid of those guys." I said, "They're paying our rent." So I finally listened to her, and I have to listen to her more than I, 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 sh- I should listen to her more than I do. And she goes, "So I finally get rid of them." And the world opens up, people start calling. And I mean, I just had to get rid of that juggernaut, that crap that was in my life. And so there's sometimes there's clients that are holding you back. You just got to get rid of, even if they're paying you good money, they're making you feel bad or your staff bad. There's no reason. But there's some that are just don't understand. Like we'll get clients in that, that they just don't know. And we have to teach them and then they become long-term clients. So you have to be careful. You have to walk that fine line, but, but you just need to know which ones to get rid of. Yeah, it's like like every pound is not equal, or every dollar is not created equal. Exactly, because there is so much that you know extra resource that could go into actually servicing an individual client, and you've got to kind of look at it not just from the dollar amounts or the pound amounts. It's like what goes into actually providing that to a particular client, and you ultimately want to get to a point where your marketing and your sales process is at the point where you're attracting the kind of clients that are a joy to work with. And you attract those type of clients through the way that you position yourself into the world. And it just makes 
it a much more enjoyable place to work in your own business for yourself, for your your team, for everybody involved. And that has that positive uplift as well um, in terms of serving clients better, making them more loyal, referring yeah. more clients. It's it's a it, it's 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 a piece that not a lot of people necessarily think about because when you start out, it's like ah, I just need some clients, I need money in the door. Whereas actually, the wrong client selection. And a lot of people forget that you just you get to select and choose who you work with as much as they choose you. Yeah. You know, you're not a, you're not an employee and are forced to work with a team that you don't necessarily want to work with. Right. Yeah. And sometimes you just get in that funk and you start just grinding and grinding and you have to stop and look and say, OK, is this doing what I want it to do? And I was I'm I've been so focused on money my whole life. You know, my goal was to be worth three billion dollars and have a 40 story office building and all these things when I was 19. Uh, but I limited myself and it's my own fault that I'm not there, but then sometimes money gets in my way and it, it takes away from that. But if you have a client that doesn't, doesn't get the vision of what you're doing and fights you all the time, you can't grow them because you're the expert. They're a real estate agent. They're a plumber and they're fighting you on marketing. It's, it drives me crazy. Like chef Ramsey. I, I love watching his shows. He does that new one where he goes in and remakes over restaurants in 24 hours chefs that have one tooth will sit there and fight him about saying, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know how to cook. He's got freaking Michelin star restaurants. And then the profit will come in. He's another guy, uh, Marcus Malonis, I think his name is. He comes in and he's built billion dollar businesses. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know how to run a business. And I'm going, I just want to stab those people in the eye because it just drives me insane that they're not listening to the expert that's sitting there giving him so much information. So I hate when I do that. I say, here's what we need to do. And they go, ah, I don't think so. Go, okay. Well, you know, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, it's, yeah, would you, uh, would you argue with your brain surgeon? Um, probably not. Um, but you know, there are certain <laughs> industries in the world that I guess because we're exposed to certain things, we, we think that we have a bit of an understanding of, of the way something would work. And yeah. so therefore we kind of believe it, you know, but that people, ha- you, know, the, you know, everything, if, if it was so easy, there wouldn't be a, a, an industry like ours in the first place. Um, unfortunately, exactly. there are sharks in the water, so you, you really do need to know. And that's why I always say to people, you need to know enough to be dangerous and not get ripped off. But you don't necessarily need to be that expert because you are the one that is essentially coming up with the uh, the innovative ideas, servicing clients and all the rest of it. And you can you know, have other people doing the other side of things and you need to right. potentially be as a service business a figurehead for the business and maybe creating some of the content but you don't need to know the ins and outs on how to build a website or create a you know facebook ad or, or whatever it is you want to do you just need to know enough to know that actually a you are giving the right instructions and b you are getting the kind of um, quality back that you know you should be getting Exactly. Yeah. And some people, it's just like, I don't do my own dental work or work on my car even, you know, it's just because there's experts out there that do that. And so pay them and pay, you know, that's what makes the world go around. But the thing with our business, I think is with Wix and all those other self, you know, they make it look so easy on the ads. I get so many calls. People say, I Wix site and it won't do anything I want it to. And I, and then they don't realize that they don't own it. They say, what do you mean? I don't own it. I mean, when I stop paying and and then they'll get a logo done overseas for $15 and it comes back and they can't use it because it's got so many problems with it. Or they'll do SEO over overseas and they get blacklisted, you know, on Facebook and they're just trying to cut corners sometimes. And, uh, but that's what we have to put up with. And we just have to show that we have the best value and that we're going to do the, 
do what it takes to get them where they need to be. That's the trust thing. You really have to build trust with your clients. So I give a ton away. So when clients call me, I get clients, people, since we're so ranked in SEO, I get calls every day from people that have no money, but they don't realize what things cost. So I'll, I'll take an hour and talk to them and tell them, this is what I would do if I was in your case. This is how I build your business. My wife at first was saying, quit giving everything away. And I said, you know, I, my passion is entrepreneurship. I want them to succeed. And what happens when they close their first big deal, they're going to be right back on our doorstep asking us how they can work with us. So I always give as much as I can away to any entrepreneur that wants to listen. I'm more than happy just to, to give it away. And that's what I do on Wednesdays. I give tons of information away because I want them to be successful. And some of them will never use me, but so if they, if they employ another couple hundred people, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. And you know, they might not use you directly, but they could introduce somebody else yep. to that entire resource and, and they could end up becoming a client and all the rest of it. And it all starts with actually just, just showing up and providing value and actually proving that you can do what you can say you do helping out and, and sort of showing up with no expectation other than to serve. And I don't think a lot of people um, necessarily think that that is a great strategy, but it's possibly the best strategy that you could, uh, implement. Yes. And work so with is, your- that, is that sort of, I, I just wanted to sort of like yeah. touch on is, is that when you talk about um, that one idea can change your business forever? Is, is that kind of one of your ideas or is that related? Yes. So because that's I, something I know you focus on. Exactly. No, I really focus on that because like, Here's a little thing. So I started working with a company. It was one of my bi- first big clients. I met him uh, through a print rep because I talked to everybody. My goal, and one day we should I should share my story on how I got started and all this, but one day I decided I'm going to talk to everybody on the earth. So I talked to everybody. So print reps are a great resource if you have an agency. And so he introduced me to a guy that was starting a company that was building these big bumpers that go on. And if you look in America, I don't know about where you're at, but they build these big bumpers on the front of all the big four F-150s, F-250s. And so I met him and we were out at his ranch. He had a half of an employee. So one guy that worked for him part-time and uh, then we build him up to 500 employees when we finished. And we were sitting there and Pat says, you know, wish so everybody knew who made these bumpers. And I'm going, Pat, why don't we just stick a sticker on them like they do at the car dealerships? And he went, that's genius his sales skyrocketed after that because people would call on it because this was before the internet, of course, or anything like that. We were, uh, our biggest move was to buy billboards and radio back when he started growing, but people would call and say, Hey, I saw your bumper at the movie theater on a truck. I got to have one. And then we actually, mm. we actually impregnated it into the actual front end with a, with a, his logo and his address, then his website, I mean, his telephone number and then his website later but he got more calls off that than anything that he ever did in his whole business. Cause people would see it on a truck and go, I want one of those. Where do I go? So that little tiny idea, it was a free idea for him, but he bought my house because he paid me so much over the years that we worked with him that we, we had enough money to buy a house, put a down payment and make the payments every month on 20 acres. It was our dream house. It came from that one idea that I gave him for free. He turned that business in and he goes, if you can think like that, what can you do for me later? And I worked with him until he sold his company. So yeah, and it's the power of an idea, but it's also a power of an idea that's actually implemented and used. Yes, because you know we can all sit there and 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 have uh, eureka moments in the bath. Um, but if we don't actually go and uh, and implement, which I think is 
so prevalent. I mean, you know, we, we come up, as, as you sort of mentioned, the whole uh, Einstein brain, Frankenstein brain difference. It's like, oh, yeah, I've got this great idea. And then you yeah. get in and then you're the Frankenstein brain takes over or, um, you know, just just life and business takes over. And it's like, oh, distraction. And, and then, you know, two years down the line, you see someone else doing it. And you're like, oh, damn it, I did that. I had that idea. <laughs> blah, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. I came you up know, with that. That could have been me. Yeah. Blah, blah. You know, it's, it's yeah, it is the way that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy um, because by nature of, people that start businesses, their ideas, people generally, I think, um, unless you sort of an expert in what you do and you sort of fall into it in a different way. But even then, like you, you have to have that kind of visionary mindset to, to even sort of start. So that brings me on to, um, you know, being able to ask you your sort of, a you know, origin story and how you got there. Cause I know it's an interesting one. So why don't you sort of touch on that? Sure. So my entrepreneurship really started when I was 12. My dad had his own company, a construction company. My grandfather uh, taught him how to do that. My great-grandfather had a business. I have five brothers. I know sisters. So all six of us, but one owner our own companies. And some of two of them are very, very successful. I mean, the hundreds of millions. And uh, so I grew up very dyslexic. I mean, to the point where I couldn't write my own name. And I was the oldest of the six boys. And when the phone rang in the seventies, it was very exciting times. Now it's like, oh crap, who's calling me? Back then a phone rang, oh man, it could be anybody because there was no telemarketers. So I ran to the phone and I picked it up for the first time. And I said, hey, hello, this is the Bensons. And they go, oh, is your dad there? And I said, no, he's out on a job site. He said, young man, I need to leave a message for him. And I just got cold sweats because I knew I couldn't even spell my name. And he says, it's very important. He's got to get this message. My mom's not around. So I said, okay. And I started thinking, what if I draw? Because I always like to draw. So I started doing illustration boards. And so when my dad came home, I would sit down and say, okay, Mr. Forrest came and this, this, and this. And I had it all in the illustrations. And then another person called and I did illustrations and illustrations. So when he came home, I had a stack of illustrations for him. And so he would just be able to get it. And then I started thinking more and more in vision. So when I went to school and all that kind of stuff, and back when I was a kid, I was called retarded. I was put in the trailer with the retarded kids or whoever they thought was retarded or slow. So I grew up very, very feeling that I was broken. When I started my business, I was um, in between jobs and I was sitting out by the pool at our, our, our um, efficiency apartment, I remembered. And my son had just come home from the hospital and um, I was complaining about all these businesses I worked for. They didn't know what they were doing. They went broke. And this guy was sitting next to me. And he says, Roland, I'm so tired of hearing it. Why don't you just shut up and start your own business? And I go, what? What would I do? What? He said, you're always drawing pictures. You're always drawing your mad magazine stuff. He said, why don't you sell those door to door? And I said, who would buy them? And he says, well, I'm going to start a company selling ceiling fans door to door. I'll pay you. Uh, money to draw me a ceiling fan. I said, how much? He said, $25. And I said, wow, $25. Okay. And I ran back to the apartment, drew him a ceiling fan. I gave it to him. He said, now go start knocking doors and selling pictures. So I knocked on a printer's door and I said, I draw pictures. They said, oh, we need a caduceus for a business card. And I said, okay. And he said, how much do you charge? And I said, well, people pay me $25. And so I got $25 from him. And then he's called me for another one. And then I cut another door. And then another guy called me and he says, I need a logo for an oil company. And so me and my wife, we probably stayed up for six hours talking about it. And he, she said, let's charge him a hundred. I said, no way. No one will pay a hundred dollars for a logo. And he said, she said, what do we got to lose? So I walked in, and I said, a hundred dollars. He said, okay, let's get going. And I said, holy crap, I have a business here. <laughs> now we charge 4,000, <laughs> but it was just funny to, uh, 
to go through that. So then I met a guy and he, I, uh, and he said, I, at church, he was, he was, had a uh, real successful business and said, can I pick your brain? He said, do you have an office? I said, no, I'm working out of my apartment. He said, until you get an office, I won't talk to you. So I went out and got an office, a tiny little office, traded out for all the carpentry work with a logo. And uh, then he sat down and taught me stuff. And I was able to learn different things from him and started growing my business. And then I met a, a guy that had a, got a brand new SC30 Macintosh. Uh, and he brought that into the office because he needed a place. He got fired from his job. He needed a place to crash inside a little corner. And he came in and I go, can I try that? And he says, yeah, at night. So I stayed up all night and I learned it. And it was fascinating and it changed my life. And so the computer and then now with the phone being able to, to read to you and everything and the computer, you know, Steve Jobs is my hero because he's changed my whole life. And now I don't care. I mean, I had a coach and she said, because I was so scared to talk to anybody. I mean, to the point where I'd throw up before every meeting. Like, I mean, I throw up like six times a day and uh, I'm paying for that now. But what was funny is, she said, I want you to go and, and go to the biggest place where people gather in your area. And so there's a place called North Star Mall. It's a big, big giant mall. And so she said, I want you to go there for a week and say hi to as many people as you can. Don't stop and talk to them. You're too scared to do that. Just say hi. So I said, hi, 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 hi. And then I called and I said, okay, Mitzi, I've done that for a week. I'm not sure what you have me do. Okay, this week I want you to go back for four hours a day and I want you to ask what time it is. Don't talk to him. Just ask what time it is. What time is it? It's 10.01. It's 10.02. It's 10.03. So I did that. And then I called her back and I said, Missy, this is so stupid. Why don't I just talk to people? She said, okay, for this week, I want you to go talk to people. So I just go up to people and say, hey, I love your shoes. Where did you get them? Or where do you get that pretzel? Or how do you get to Macy's? And so now I can talk to anybody, bikers. I don't care who they are. I'll just walk up and talk to them. I was at a big trade show and there was a guy there that was a ran a multi-billion dollar company. And they said, I said, I'm going to go talk to him. They said, don't go talk to him. You can't talk to him. I just walked up and talked to him and he was just as excited as I was to talk to me. Uh, and so now it's my goal to talk to everybody on earth. And that's open more than anything is not being scared. And then I started doing Facebook lives. I'd never done one. I, every night I get done with my exercise and I get in my car I, after I do my running and walking. And then I just start Facebook, I just turn it on and I just go for it. Whatever comes out, comes out. At first I was trying to be someone for people that were watching and now I just say what I need to say. And my views went from 13 to 160 just by being honesty. I don't get that every time, but, and now I got people reaching out. How do you think that way and stuff like that? So mm. it's just being yourself really and not being scared or trying to be something for someone else. Yeah. And, and there's an awful lot in there. I mean, you know, for the, there is a lot of, high achievers that have struggled with things like dyslexia and you know a lot of ceos that are openly you know have have challenges around dyslexia um personally full-blown adhd um thought i was broken for a for a very long time um up until i was diagnosed in my 30s and uh that was a big change and then you realize that there's a lot of ceos out there that also have um you know, and, and very successful people that have had these struggles. But the thing about them is they've had to adapt and, and put coping mechanisms around them to just do what people, what other people find normal. They've had to like almost innovate. So they've grown up with this sort of way of seeing the world, 
having to innovate just to do what's, what some people think no, is normal. Yes. Whereas other people are just doing that and they haven't had to go through that process. And that's why I think it's actually a gift a lot of the time because you're kind of you're in that mindset. You're problem solving all the time. And so when it comes to running businesses or, um, you know, growing teams or, or, or doing things like that, you have a different level of understanding or empathy or way of seeing the world. So it means that actually you've built that muscle. And what you described there is that kind of exposure therapy around the fear of going up and talking to people. Well, you've had that exposure therapy through coming up with ways of dealing with supposed restrictive parts of, of, of yourself, right? And, yeah. and so, so have I. But that in itself, that muscle that is constantly being, um, I guess, exercised, it means that you can call on that when somebody asks you, right, well, how do I solve this problem? Or what do yes. I do here? It's like, well, here's a different idea. Yes. Well, would never have thought of that. Yeah. So I actually think, I, it, I, it's amazing how many people I do talk to that have a similar kind of story around there have been challenges in their past which have actually helped them once they got it. The problem is not everybody who has those challenges gets the help to get past them. And, and that can send them, unfortunately, down a, a different path. But, yes, um, very much yeah, so. Yeah, I think that's very, very, uh, well, very, I, very interesting. And I think people need to realize that because I thought I was so broken, I'd only charge half cost price for my stuff for a long time. And uh, people, I even had one client call and said, I want to pay you more. And I said, no, it's not. I'm not worth more. And so that was my conversation. And then my, I had a, a great coach, the one that got me to talk to everybody. She also said, I want you to start telling your clients you're dyslexic. And I said, there's no way I'm telling my clients. They will fire me on the freaking spot. And at the time I was doing a lot of litigation uh, graphics for, big, for USA, which is a big insurance company. And the attorneys would charge about $1,500 an hour to $2,000 an hour. So these are big time attorneys. And I'm sitting in a room with them and I said, Barry, I need to tell you something. He said, what? I said, I'm dyslexic. And he said, I was wondering what was wrong with you. He said, you're always spelling everything wrong. Why didn't you tell me? I could have helped you. And I went, you would have helped me? He said, sure, why not? And I'm going, holy crap, I thought you would fire me. He said, why would I fire you? You're a genius. And I went, mm. wow, it's not that big a deal. And so I made it for all these years. But I look at me and Richard Branson. Richard Branson's dyslexic, but he decided early on, that's a, I can just delegate. Me, I thought I had to hide and not tell anybody. Uh so it's just, it's just how you see things. So if you are going through something, people don't care. I mean, if you were in a wheelchair, you wouldn't try to hide that. You would go out and do what you need to do. Uh, and that's just because you're in a wheelchair. If you have a mental uh, disorder or a learning disability or something, that's just who you are. You just got to embrace it and figure out what works for you and get out there and make it happen. And don't stop 100%. yourself. Yeah. And there's so 100%. much technology now that can just take care of whatever you need, whatever doesn't work. If I'm on a phone call and I have to spell a word, I just get on Siri and say, how do you spell this? And there it is. You know, I mean, I still make mistakes all the time and people will correct me and I go, okay, great. And I don't, I used to get all upset about it and worry about it. Now I go, that's just what it is, you know? And if you don't like mm -hmm. it, then find someone else to listen to. But here I am. Yeah. And that, and that speaks a lot to the mindset piece as well, yes. which is what you sort of started yes. the, uh, that we started the conversation yes. around. And, and, you know, there it is such a big thing, mindset, really, really huge. And, you know, I've, I've had a few people on to talk about mindset and I'm certainly not the expert, but I do know the difference just changing the way that you think 
can yeah. impact so much. And nothing works without actually having the right mindset because maybe with the wrong mindset, you don't set the goal that is the one that really is right for you because you don't think it is achievable or that's not the goal I am expected to set those kind of yeah. things. And so there's so much in it. So um, sometimes you put that limit on of, yourself. Sorry. Sometimes you put that limit 100%. on yourself. You put that cap on yourself and you don't know that you're even putting that on. So what I've done is I've wrote a list out of everything that stopped me in life. And then what am I going to replace it with? And if you start mm -hmm. taking that lid off, uh, then your brain can start going, Oh, wow, I can do this. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. an idiot. <laughs> Even though my dad said I was an idiot for years, I'm really not an idiot. What was he thinking about that freak, you know, or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, sometimes it can be that simple. I mean, coming back again, simple, elegant ideas. It's like, what am I thinking? What can I replace it with? Yeah. And just repetition, repetition, therapy, yeah. consistency. And that ultimately is really, if there is one secret to uh, success, um, for want of a better word, or, um, you know, business or doing good marketing and all the rest of it is consistency and doing things to a point where yeah. you're not just banging your head against a brick wall, but you're doing something often over and over and then you're learning and you're iterating from it. Because obviously if you slam your hand in the car door more than once, that is insanity. But, <laughs> you know, don't slam your hand in the door, move it exactly. aside. You know, it's that kind of thing. And it's just like little iterations and that exposure. Suddenly something that felt huge and an insurmountable challenge or something that you couldn't do, over time it becomes a, a lot easier. But you need the right mindset to actually prepare for that and prepare yes. for the failures at the beginning. Yeah, I mean... I mentioned my uh, uh, my two kids that run around the garden sometimes when I'm doing these podcast episodes at the moment. But, um, you know, I've got one-year-old and a four-year-old. My one-year-old isn't worried about falling over and looking silly. She no, gets up and no. she does it again. She gets up and she does it again. And, <laughs> you know, even when her eldest sister uh, you know, pushes her over, she gets up and she does it again. again. So exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how we, uh, we implant these sorts of... Um, uh, limiting beliefs or limiting right. sort of ways of seeing the world as we grow older. And uh, yeah, if only we could go back and uh, exactly. you know, talk to that little kid. Well, right? and I think so, the big um, thing, like you said, with consistency and don't giving up, I listen to very, uh, Gary Vanderchuk a lot. And that's what, because I, when I, I started walking when this academic started and I could only do about 3,000 steps and I got to 6,000. Yesterday I did almost 13,000 steps and just as fast as I could go. And, but I had to do it over and over and I wanted to quit so many times. My brain goes, man, this sucks. Why are you doing this? Let's, let's sit down. Why are you doing this? Now my brain's going, Hey, when are we going? Let's go. It's like a dog. We got to get, Hey, you only got like, I got 600 steps so far today. You got to get your butt out there and get going. So we're going to go. And now it's just like my brain's taking over and it's not going to let me stop uh, mm. doing what I need to do. So I think it's sometimes you got to start where you're at and not feel bad. So when I, st like, I'm sure when you started doing your podcast, you had no one listening, but you had to do it over and over and over. And then all of a sudden it grew and grew and grew and grew and it'll grow bigger and bigger. But if you stop and just go, well, this sucks because I only got four people listening, who cares? Then it, you know, everything dies. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, it's actually been one of the things that um, I've been able to keep consistent because I, first of all, I enjoy doing it. I love having these conversations. Um, look back on my blog like there's there's periods where I hit three in a week and then nothing for three months and it, that just didn't work whereas this is consistent um I really enjoy doing it and um you know it's had that knock-on effect for um you know being very very uh 
good for the business as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, before we, uh, before, before we sort of cut off, what I want to do is sort of say, is ask around, certainly at the moment with what's, you know, the, don't want to date this episode um, too much, but if somebody sort of comes to you and says, what's your number one piece of advice when it comes to thinking about marketing my business? And, and specifically, if I'm running a service-based business, what would you say to that? I would say the first thing you need to do is love on the clients you have right now. Call them. I called every one of my clients personally, and I still do. And I ask, how are you guys doing? Is there anything? And sometimes they just need to talk, and there's nothing about business. But And some of them are in so bad a shape that they can't even see coming back to us right now, but they will. So I just love on our clients, talk to them, say, hey, let's have a free strategy meeting. I'm willing to spend an hour, two hours, whatever it takes. Let's, let's map out something. I'm going to charge you for it. Let's just take that to the next level. So that's the first thing I do. The second thing I would do is I get active on social media because that's where things are going to go because this is going to happen again. Something's going to, a recession, there's going to be all kinds of stuff that happens. I mean, I've been in business long enough to go through a ton of stuff like this. 9-11 hit, you know, all that kind of stuff. It just shut everything down. So if you have your base of clients and then you're on social media and don't go sell, like I'm sure you've talked about before, you're not selling, you're socializing, you're commenting, make sure you comment on all your clients stuff on LinkedIn because there's so many times people will post stuff and they're like, there's an, we lost account to another agency and they're, and I comment still on all their stuff, how great they're doing and stuff. The other agency doesn't even show up and never says anything on any of their social media posts. And I'm always there. So when they don't work out and I know they won't, cause we pick up most of their clients, they'll be back. Um, so it's just, it's just really, you have to be out there. You can't stay in the fetal position. You have to be disciplined. You just have to get up every day and do it and do it. And social media, you know, you won't get likes immediately. And sometimes you'll put out great content and you go, holy crap, why, everybody should like this. I should be, you know, I should be put up on a pedestal and you'll get one like, <laughs> but you just have to keep doing it. But then people will, people come up to you and say, I've been seeing your posts. They're awesome. I said, why don't you like them? They go, oh yeah, yes. I, I don't know. I just saw it and I liked it. And I mean, I, I, I took your advice and stuff. And so, you never know when you're going to have, and I always look at it. What if I only had, like, sometimes when I do my Facebook lives, I have one guy all the time that's at church that needs a lot of help. He always listens. So I just speak to him knowing that maybe if I change something in his life, that's enough for me. And hopefully someone else will do uh, that. I had a, someone reach out to me last night that I didn't think was listening and they're struggling with something with mindset and said, if I could just help that one person, then everybody else will come along. But you just have to have a giving, a giving, just give, give, give. Yeah, because that's the thing. I mean, with all the metrics and everything that you can look at, at social media, one thing that you can't see is the people that just kind of lurk the lurkers, and observe yeah. because not everyone is an active engager. Yes. So just because, I mean, I, I, you know, it's that, it's that whole sort of I'm going for vanity metrics. I want likes and I want comments and all that. Yes, it's nice to get that. But ultimately, if you get zero comments, zero likes, zero anything on, on something you put out on social media, but you get one person contact you and said, I saw that post and it made a difference, can we talk? Yeah. Which is better, the, the, the post with 500 comments or the one with zero? Exactly. Most of the comments are crap. They're all like, oh, awesome, dude. You're hanging out. You're doing it. I don't yeah. care. I just want, why don't you, let's make a difference in your life. Let's do something that's going to move the needle in, in what's going on. And that's where I get frustrated with people is because I, there's so much possibility people have. There's so much that they can do. And... Um, it's not even, you know, right now, my thing is the reason I'm doing Facebook lives and stuff is because my, my dad built his business. He didn't leave anything 
um, written on how he did it. I have a ledger book of his with his company meetings, but I don't really have anything else. So I'm doing this for my grandkids. So when they wake up mm. in 25 years and they go, man, I want to start a business. Well, how did grandpa do it? They can get on and see all my YouTube videos, all my calls that I posted, all my stuff and go, wow, okay, I see. Uh, and, and maybe they mm. can learn from it. You know, you know, they'll probably be doing other things by that time, but they can learn about the perseverance and what it took to do that because I won't be here more than likely to share that with them. But I want to leave that legacy, not that I made a million dollars for someone, but that I gave them a foot up because I always look at it that over the last 35 years, I have gone down this road and I've found all the, I found major potholes, shortcuts. So why not let me show you how to get there so you don't have to fall in those potholes. You can take those shortcuts Mm -hmm. and get there a little quicker than I did because I've done that with other people. I've listened to people that have taken me from here to here. And I didn't have to go through all that suffering. And if I would have listened a long time ago, I could have got a lot farther, but I didn't. So here I am. And I'm, now I want to offer that to other people. Yeah, 100%. It's it's all about the principles and the fundamentals. Because yes, things in years will maybe have changed and the technologies will be different. But the, yeah. the, the principles that actually guide it. I mean, we you know people still quote um, famous people from years gone by, you know, Napoleon Hill, for example, exactly. like all of those sorts of things, they are all principle based, you know, in marketing, the copywriting um, legends, uh, you know, your, your, your Eugene Swartz and your uh, Robert Colliers and all that kind of thing. They just focused on fundamental principles, right? So they, they will always be the case. And uh, I think one, one thing that's also interesting is, as you mentioned, it's like, I wish I'd have taken notice earlier. I say that as well. But uh, unfortunately, wisdom comes with that age to yes. actually have that appreciation that actually the arrogance of youth is not necessarily the most helpful thing. And by actually being able to stand on the shoulders of giants and people that have previously done things and not think, well, you don't know anything. And uh I'm going to do it my way, which is uh, I'm sure what will happen when my kids get older. And that's just what happens, I guess. Exactly. But, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, yeah, if there is a way of just sort of, right, being able to download, maybe it will be by then downloading your, what you know, into somebody <laughs> else's mind by then, who knows what will, uh, what will happen. But yeah, uh, but what like podcasts yeah. like yours and stuff, that's, I mean, I spent 45,000 last year on self-education and I'm, I'm able to do that. And it just, it's exploded where I'm at now. And I just dove in and gave everything I had to some top coaches. I didn't go for like, you know, get a thousand leads in an hour or I can make you, I was living in my parents' basement and three months later, I'm living in Hollywood Hills with, you know, it's just, I hate those ads, but I found some really, really good coaches and I just went all in. I went to everything they did, flew everywhere in the United States and just sucked it in. And that, so every morning, that's all I listen to when I walk is self-education, things like that. And podcasts like yours that are going to teach me something and then take that. And like you said, put it in action immediately. I mean, just like that. And then you find out if it works or not. If you spend hours trying to figure out something or months, figure out something and it doesn't work, then you just wasted that. Put it out there, find out in the world if it's going to work. And with social media, you can find out things quick you have a great audience that are going to, they'll be truthful with you in most cases. So um, on that, I'm going to set you a little challenge. Okay. If there's one thing you want somebody to do after they finish what listening to this, which will be very soon, what is the one thing that you want them to go and do that you think will have a big impact on, um, on uh, their, their visibility, their ability to attract clients or, or improve their marketing? Yeah. So go read the book, uh, Pur- The Purple Cow by Seth Godin. 
It's genius. I changed my whole business reading that book. My business card's a purple cow. Everything I do is a purple cow. And you'll even go to my website. There's a big purple cow on my website. And the story is you're driving in New Jersey. You're looking on both sides of the road. You see these black and white uh, milk cows. And you go, okay, that's cool. And then all of a sudden there's a purple one. You go, holy cow, there's a purple cow. Let's stop the car. Let's get out. Let's talk to the farmer. How did you make a purple cow? Does he make purple milk? Do you have to feed him purple food? And so that's what we try to do with all our marketing is how can we make you stand out over your theme by making you a purple cow? And what's the difference? My business cards made me more money than everything. I don't have one close by, but it's 3D. It stands up. It folds. I mean, it does all kinds of stuff. And people go, if you could do that with a business card, what can you do with my business? We got to get you in here. So that and then talk to everybody and keep your marketing eye open. So when you're at a restaurant, you're at anything, go, what could I do for this company here that I could, you know, that they need that I could do for them? Mm -hmm. Or if like, if you're in a restaurant, you don't do anything for restaurants, you go, you know, though, I have a client that sells deep fat fryers. Let me ask the manager who does, who they buy and stuff. And then I call my client and I go, Hey, Fred, these guys that da, 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 and then I build a relationship. So I have a Rolodex of all these services and all these clients. So I always refer every day I'm calling people and going, Hey, I was at this restaurant or I was driving by this building. They're putting new landscaping in. They're going to need someone to do this or they're just building and they need, you know, windows. And I call and, and, and they know that I'm looking out and that's how I built that long-term clients. Cause they know that I'm thinking of them all the time and I'm, I'm bringing mm -hmm. things to them. So that's one way to do it, but read that book as soon as you can it makes you look at everything differently. And if you can look at things differently for yourself, you can look at different things for your client and that's what's going to set you apart and what they're going to pay you for and pay you more for. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, and uh, I, I think the danger is uh, after you've read that book, you'll probably then go down a rabbit hole and then go and get another one that he's done and, and yeah. another one and another one because, yeah, there's, there's I mean, yeah, the, the, the guy is a... Um, uh, yeah, just a, a genius when he, he is yeah, a genius. I, I, I so. love, the I love listening he, to he him. The world. Yeah. yeah. But, and then his, his like latest he, one, um, this is marketing is also, uh, uh, an interesting one as well, I think. So uh, yes, he talks about, yeah, something, um, yeah, yeah. It's all about, it's not about being famous to the, you know, hundreds and thousands. It's, it's, it's about obviously, you know, getting to, um, uh, a much smaller group of people that are just going to blow you up basically. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then, but the big thing, like you said, don't go down that rabbit hole. So I took that year to learn everything. Then I cut all, didn't cut them off, but I've stopped going to everything. I started putting things into action. So now for the next year, I'm going to put all the things they told me into action full force as hard as I can. I was back then, but even more now. And don't mm -hmm. just be a, just don't be a student for the rest of your life. Cause the, big, the biggest problem I fell into, oh, we got another, oh, there's a court, oh, that guy's even better. Maybe this guy, this guy, will make, he'll have the answers. Just get the fundamentals, get what you need to do, find out what you want to do, and then just go after it and beat it to death. You know, I mean, look at McDonald's or or Five Guys, is not Five Guys, uh, In-N-Out Burger. I don't know if you have In-N-Out Burgers, probably not. They're here in the United States. No. They have grown from a little tiny chain. I went to their very first one when I lived in California, and they do the same thing hamburger cheeseburger two kinds of sh three kinds of shake chocolate strawberry french fries no onion rings uh, and uh it's all the same menu forever and they just do it really really good and they have lines around the block people go from uh, people mm. will fly out to eat at their place if they don't have one by them but it's the same thing all the time they're not trying to introduce let's get a hot dog let's get a chicken sandwich let's do you know let's try fancy food they just do the same thing over and over and over and they're growing and people want them and and Chick-fil-A is the same way, you know, just really good chicken 
with customer service over and over again. So yeah, sometimes you don't have to reinvent the, uh, the wheel. No. And that all comes down to understanding, you know, the exact kind of customer that you serve, the big problem that you're solving or the big desire that you're filling for them. And then providing that solution. It's what is the customer? Can you diagnose the problem? Can you come up with a solution? And can you make them an offer that works for both parties? Like that's as, you know, simple as business can be, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. Exactly. that's uh, I guess that's that's why um, that's why we get to have these kind of conversations. Yeah, and I love people, them. Um, sort of uncover it. So um, Roland, I mean, I, I could honestly carry on this conversation for uh, for quite a while, but um, have to respect your time. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna I'm, I'm gonna get shouted at to go and make dinner very soon. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Roland, thank, yeah, as I say, thank you very much. Um, where's the best place for people to? Um, find out about you apart from the website yeah. and all of this will be in the show notes as well sure if you could just go to benson design it's b-e-n-s-o-n design.com and there's a place there uh that's about our agencies but there's a place there right underneath the purple cow that you can sign up for my quick win wednesday it's absolutely free we'll just email we don't try to we don't we'll just send an email to you and tell you what we're going to talk about each week and it's one hour it's 9 30 uh, central time here in texas and we just dive into, last week we talked about low-hanging fruit, and this week we're going to finish that conversation because there was so much stuff around it. Next week we're going to talk about how to get new clients instead of just the low-hanging fruit clients. We talked about Facebook, LinkedIn, and I just give everything that I have out, and uh, and hopefully it'll serve a lot of people and help a lot of people. My goal is to have 100 people by the end of the year in my Facebook group, and uh, hopefully we'll have more than that, but that's our goal, and that's what we're focused on, and everything that we do is to help the entrepreneur grow and stay in business because there's 565,000 uh, businesses go out of business every year. And mm-hmm. I just hate to drive by a place and see it shut down. It just drives me crazy because there's something they could have done. There was cash flow. There was a bad decision. They went too far in debt, it, whatever it is, if they would have thought it out and had someone help them. And that's what I want to do with this is help people and let them ask any question that they have. So any of your listeners that'd like to be a part of that, or they're more than welcome to come in and and participate and be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely go and check that out. And um, I think 9.30 Texas time is about uh, uh, half past three or four or half past four UK time. So okay. uh, yeah, awesome. do the time conversion, something like that. So yeah. yeah, good way to end your day if you are in the UK. Um, so Roland, thank you ever so much for being here. Um, I, I Yeah, there's been so much in here. Um, I'm going to have to listen to this back a couple of times. And I, I, I hope that a lot of people that are listening do as well because there's there's so many things in what you've d- d- talked about there not just from your story but from you know just some of the ideas from you know serving the crap basically out of your existing clients yeah. to you know propel yourself into a, you know a different league essentially just go back and re-listen because there's there's so much in at the end of the day what we were talking about you know the the, the wisdom to understand that there is somebody here sharing an amazing amount of experience. And this is 35 years worth of experience that uh, Roland has been sharing. So go back, listen again, go check out um, what he does. And um, I, I think it'd be crazy not to uh, at least check out one of his uh, quick win Wednesdays. So yeah. And if out. you're so. young, if you're young, just starting out, or even if you've been in business a couple of years, just don't stop. And you need to get your spouse on board and you need to sit down and make a plan that works for them too. Cause sometimes we go, well, I'm going to conquer the world. My, your spouse is going, you know, I got seven kids sitting here in diapers. I'm not, you know, I just want to, I just got to feed them and stuff. And you're out there 24 seven. That was my biggest mistake. I was away from the home all the time trying to, and my wife was supportive and everything, but I never asked her, is this what you want? 
So make sure that that's what they want. And if you're not married, when you get before you get married, find out what their goals are and stuff like that. And then you have to work around your your business goals around your family also, because you took them on. It's your responsibility to make sure it works for them. Just like you mentioned, I got to go in and make dinner. You know that that's something that's important for your family. You're not just going, well, they can order from pizza. They can get some pizza and I'm just going for it. And But you know how important that is. So you need to remember that, but just don't give up. Just continue to drive and do what you have to do to make it work. Put the kids to bed, put your wife to bed and then get back up. I did that all the time and I'd work until four in the morning. And uh, I tried to get on by, I tried to get by on four hours of sleep for a year and it about killed me. But, you know, you need your sleep and you need all that, but do what you have to do. You know, I worked two, jo- I worked two jobs while I was building my business. So it's not easy. It's not easy at all. If you want it easy, go to work for the phone company or something like that, but get out, you know, but don't sit there and complain because yeah. everybody hates a complainer. You just, and, and then your mind hates complaining. Your mind goes, well, I'm not going to do this. If you don't want to do it, why in the hell do I want to do it? Let's just get this. Let's get this over with, but it set those goals. I can't say that enough. I just want everybody to succeed and sit down and put a plan together and, and listen to Adam's podcast and go back and find those mindset ones. Cause it doesn't matter how good you are as a designer. It doesn't matter how good a businessman you are. If you have a bad mindset, you will fail every time or you'll be, stay mediocre your whole life. You, and your mindset's everything. I've come over things. If I were to look back 35 years and said, Roland, when you're 12 and you can't read or write, you would throw a ball. You ha- you were wearing a patch on your eye during uh, junior high school. You know, all these weird things that I was doing, I had to do for the doctors thought that we were the right things to do, but you're going to have, you're going to have a ranch. You're going to have a big business. You're going to be, you know, people are going to call you for your advice. I would say you're insane. I'm going to, in fact, a guy came to our house when I was a kid and wanted to take me away from the government and put me in a uh, school teaching me how to sharpen lawnmower blades so that I could support a family someday. And, and I was buying into that stuff and I'm going, maybe I should go mom. My mom said, there's no way you are going to learn how to sharpen lawnmower blades. You, you will find something. She always believed in me that way. And so it's like yeah. insane. So just keep going. Sorry, I get on these rampages, but I get no, goosebumps no, I think and I can't stand there it. Is, yeah, well, I mean, what's important there is that you can hear the passion. And if you want to get more of that passion and the wisdom, just go and check yeah. out what Roland does. Awesome. So, um, Thank you so much, yeah, Adam. That's awesome. Roland, that's all then. Thank you ever so much again. And uh, all that's left to say is at the end, happy fishing. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rate and review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.